Hey everyone, welcome to the Good Line Podcast. This is Aaron Salvato, and I just want to introduce you guys to a friend of mine. She's the host of one of our shows here on the Good Line Podcast Network, a show called Shadowlands with Sarah Lou. She's a great friend to me and my wife, and she has so much to say about the topics of grief and loss and finding joy in the middle of suffering. I'm just so excited to have her here, so everyone please welcome Sarah Lou. Hey, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and um, I'm just really blessed to have the opportunity to share my story and to hopefully bring some encouragement um, to anyone listening <laughs> along with it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's it's so good to have you on the show. So I think the first thing that I'd want to talk about would be the very topic of grief and loss and suffering. Sarah, I want to give you an opportunity to share your story with our audience because I know that you're somebody who has been through a lot of hardships and tough things and challenges around this issue in your life. If you can, I'd, I'd love for you to share that story with us and also to give us a little bit of backstory in what led you to want to pursue helping people who've gone through this and, and doing ministry revolving around people who have lost loved ones and dealt with grief and suffering. Yeah, sounds great. Um, woof, I mean, <laughs> where to start? I... Looking back at my life, I feel like I've really experienced loss in a lot of different ways. Um, not just in losing a loved one, but, you know, I feel like that you, there's been a lot in my life that I've really had to deal with that um, has been really heavy on me for so many years. And all of that compiled into adulthood. And, you know, I lost a good friend very suddenly and tragically in high school. That was unexpected, you know, and then I've lost family members. Um, so in terms of in terms of grieving with death, those are pretty big, significant things for me. But then the most significant thing I've ever experienced, which is going to be a lot of what I'm sharing about today, was losing my best friend um, of my whole life since we were five. Um, she died very suddenly a couple of years ago. Um, she was actually, she was murdered, which is still very difficult and strange to say out loud. Um, it's, it's hard to say. Um, she was beloved and the, and the whole thing was very sudden, very confusing, very seemingly random. And that has been the most difficult thing I have and probably ever. I, I mean, hopefully I don't have to deal with anything worse, but experience in my life. Um, it's caused me to really just hit absolute rock bottom in my life. It's caused me to question God in so many ways, question my faith, pushing me to dig so deep into what I believe and why I believe it. And really, I mean, I see, I see God's faithfulness so much in that because he's really sustained me and helped me to work through it. Um, but it's, it's devastating. It's still devastating for me today. I still am dealing with so many of the effects from it. And I, I'm, I, you know, I believe I, I will be for my whole life to a degree, um, really, because she was like my partner in crime, my sister. Um, and 
and we, you know, we formed each other, we molded each other, we grew together since we were so young and so close knit. And then to have her suddenly ripped away, um, it's like a loss that I can't even explain. You know, you feel confused, you feel lost, really. Like, how can I live life without her? She's always been there, you know, so, um, losing her and not just losing her, but losing her in such like an honestly horrific way has been so I, I don't even know I don't even know words that can like properly describe it it's been absolutely devastating um but I've seen so many people like in me sharing the story and in me sharing the honest and like vulnerable like raw thoughts and things that I'm experiencing through it as a Christian and like being honest about like the things I'm questioning. And I've seen it really produce so much fruit because I've had so many people reach out to me like, oh my gosh, like it's okay to ask these questions. And like, yeah, I, I, I'm experiencing the same thing. And I don't know, so many things like this, you know, so it's been encouraging to me beyond belief to have people be encouraged by my sharing and to have people come to know Jesus through my sharing. And, um, honestly, it's been a beautiful thing to watch and I'm really blessed that God's given me the opportunity to share. Um, it's one of the, I guess, beautiful things I've seen God do with just creating beauty out of the ashes. And not only that, but I feel like God actually, he took this vision that I had had before all of this happened, which was, this just love of apologetics, which is basically just defending the faith, understanding people's objections and, and logic and like working through their objections and questions and in a logical way, working through their, you know, just different beliefs, different philosophies and and grappling with it together and helping them see clearly um, the truth of the gospel. And, and that for me was such a big passion. And I mean, it is such a big passion, really. Um, and that was a, really just applied at a personal level, you know, but I always kind of felt like there was just this bigness. There's this sense of like, this, this is bigger than me. And I just have this big burden for this specific way of ministering. And like, why do I have this? And then this all happened and it was very public. Um, it was a big thing because she was a very well-known singer and a lot of her fans knew who I was because we posted a bunch of stuff together. And, um, so I guess after it happened, a lot of her fans started following me and it gave me the opportunity to just like minister and to answer one-on-one -on -one questions and try my best to anyway, as I was like grieving, it was really difficult. It's still difficult. Um, but I, I feel like it just so in like an obvious sense, like it was the answer to what I had been feeling before that God laid in my lap, this opportunity to minister to just broken people. And he gave me through this brokenness, like so much more. I was compassionate before, but like he gave me so much more compassion, like f just for people and for hurting people. And, and that whole thing, it just fell in my lap. Like it was so evidently like God's hand, how it was all orchestrated. And, and now I feel like it's the answer that I was like thinking of and kind of feeling the sense of before. And now I have it. And it's this opportunity to minister to people and to answer questions and to share so honestly and vulnerably. 
and like raw. And I feel like that's something in my own experience that I just have not encountered. Like people like in the Christian realm sharing like really vulnerably. And by that, I mean, like if you have ever read C.S. Lewis's, um, the problem, wait, is it the problem of pain? I think it is. It's him journaling actually after he lost his wife. He's so raw and honestly questions like God and you see him work through things. And that to me is so valuable because I think as Christians, we tend to like just sweep things under the carpet sometimes, or at least in my own experience, like it can be easy to just be like, oh, well, you know, I don't understand that. So I'm not going to even ask or worry about it. But I feel like if you really genuinely want to grow with God, like you have to experience these hard times with like a sense of like questioning and not to say that like God will answer your questions and we'll get to this later because he certainly does not answer all, all of our questions. But like, I think we just need to be honest with what we're feeling and what we're working through with him, you know, and working through that has just it's given me compassion for other people that are honestly seeking truth, you know? And, and so anyway, through all of that, he's just provided this opportunity to minister and it's just been such a blessing for me. It's been, I guess, an answer to prayer. It's been an answer to something I've been thinking of for a long time. And I just feel really, feel really honored that to be a part of like his work, you know, that he's already doing. Wow, Sarah, that is so profound. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, it, it brings to mind a question. When it comes to the topic of grief, would you be willing to share how do you deal with the feelings that come up after losing someone? The feelings that just cause us so much distress and, and so many can cause them to question God. And asking the question, you know, God, how could you allow this? If you're good, if you're all powerful, how could you let this thing happen? And I, I bring this up because... You know, for many people, myself included, you know, so many people, they, they believe, they believe that God is in control, that God is all powerful and all knowing and all present. So when we lose somebody in a horrible way or in a tragic way, a violent way, it just raises all sorts of questions like, God, if you were here, if you were here, why would you allow this to happen? Like, God, if you're really in control, why would you allow this to happen? And then it just gets into kind of that theological problem of, you know, if God is really in control, then that means that every evil thing that happens, it can only happen with him allowing it to happen. Like he's sort of the gatekeeper that is able to allow both good and bad. Like nothing can happen without him allowing it. And that creates, I believe, for so many people, just so many painful questions. For so many, it can bring them to a place where they're like, man, God, since you could have stopped this, but you didn't, that means that you you allowed it. And does that mean that you wanted it to happen? Does that mean that you made it happen, that you controlled it? And for so many, it then leads them to blame God for the evil and hard, horrible things that have happened in their life. They say to God, you are the one that has caused my pain. I just, I know so many people who have wrestled with this. Sarah, how have you wrestled with this issue? And, and where have you landed? What are some of the, the places you've arrived at theologically in your heart and in your mind when it comes to this really hard topic. Yeah. Wow. Um, so this is a big, I feel like I'm just feeling the weight of this question, um, of this complex question. And 
oh, I, I really feel the weight of it. And I feel like there's so much to communicate. And yet I'm, I'm just praying that I do a good job with this because this was really, really real. Um, these are big questions. And I think it's really important that we all get to a place where we have to ask them someday. I think like we should ask them regardless. But like, I mean, wow, because it, it just it, it challenges the core of who you are when you get to a place where you're like really at rock bottom and asking these questions. And I guess, first of all, um, I guess, first of all, I just want to say how sorry I am if you've been in this place as well, like whatever it is that you've gone through and you've been just like completely at rock bottom and asking these questions like you are not alone. Um, you're not alone. <laughs> and it's great <laughs> that you're asking these questions and being real with it. Um, I just feel like I need to start with that. Um, yeah, saying to God, you know, since you could have stopped this, but you didn't, therefore you've, and you've allowed it, therefore I blame you. Um, saying, God, if you were really here, why would you allow this to happen? If you were really in control, why would you allow this to happen? These are really, really big theological questions that we grapple with as human beings. And at the end of the day, we don't always get like the thorough answer we want. And I guess firstly, I guess firstly, I'll, I'll share like a little bit of, of my experience really. So I guess when I first, like when Christina first died, I was just in complete shock. I mean, like there's, there's absolutely no way to like comprehend, um, that like this, like sudden loss like that. There's just no way to comprehend it. So your body and your mind go into shock. Um, it's the natural Honestly, I believe God given response because I really don't think we could handle like realizing the reality of all of that at once. Um, and so with the shock and with the grief that came in the beginning, I really just my reflex was to remind myself of what I knew. So my first response was like reminding myself of God's truth and reminding myself of what I knew of God, of his faithfulness to me in the past, um, his faithfulness to not only me, but like millions of people in the past, you know, and, and through scripture. And so it's just reminding myself of what I know, which is really important thing to do. I think when you don't know what's going on to remind yourself of what you do know. Um, but as the shock began to wear off, I started to feel this very deep, burning sense of anger that I've never in my life, I don't think, felt towards God before. Um, my whole life, no matter what I've been through, I've been really able just to distinguish that like it wasn't God causing me the pain. It was like human beings, you know, or just the sin in the world um, that was causing me pain. I never associated it. Like I, for some reason, I, I think that I... I I don't know. And that I just attribute that to God's grace, like in helping me, because I think he really sustained me through a lot of different things in my life, not blaming him for them because I saw that it was just the effect of sin in the world. So let's take a second to talk about that. 
the theological answer for why there is pain and suffering in the world goes back to the beginning, back to the beginning of Genesis when God created man and woman, when God created earth, put them on earth, when God gave them the choice to follow him or not to follow him because he wanted beautiful, purposeful, meaningful relationship with his creation. And that would require giving them a choice um, whether or not they wanted to follow him um, because otherwise he would just have a bunch of robots and puppets and like, where's the value in that? That's not the kind of God that we, that we serve. That's not the God of the Bible. He gives his people choice. And so taking into account that free will Adam and Eve made the wrong choice in the most perfect of conditions and they chose to put themselves on a pedestal in God's place the pedestal that God should have been on they put themselves on and they they put themselves up as if they were they were God they were their own gods and and so because of that sinful nature came into existence it brought death with it it brought suffering it brought um it brought trials it brought pain and with that brought this tendency within humans toward evil and toward wrong and it's something that christ has given us the opportunity to have reconciled and to have his help, his help from his Holy Spirit to combat with through our lives um, when we accept him, when he comes into our lives. But but the fact is that we're still living am- amongst it. We're still living with our sinful nature. And so because of that, people make bad decisions. And whether that looks like, you know, something that seems small, like a white lie or something that seems like the worst thing sin in the world like murder um they're all sin they're all wrong they're all against god's will for us but we see people doing these things every single day i mean you can look around you regardless of what you believe and recognize that like the world is messed up right i mean it's obvious we all know it (laughs) we're all like wondering why and yet we say that we're inherently good And yet, look at the suffering around us, look at the crime around us, look at the, I mean, through history, the genocides, the murder, the killing, the lack of valuing life, right? We have this tendency toward evil within us, and with that comes suffering. And so recognizing that it's not God that killed my best friend, it was the sinful decisions of a man who did not know God, I don't think. And, you know, even when mental illness is involved and when physical suffering is involved, you know, it's because we're living in a broken world. I mean, even it says even even creature is creature, even creation is groaning is broken and so we have natural disasters we have illness we have these things that make us make up our dna we have we have brokenness okay and that's because of sin being in the world and 
On the other hand, God is absolutely in control in the sense that he holds all of existence within his palm and he intercedes. He does intercede. He does. He can snap his fingers and make whatever he wants to happen happen at any point he wants. Although his intercedings don't always look like how we want them to look. And so theologically, I can give you this answer that like, well, it's because of our sinful nature that people are broken and cause things to happen um, or that creation is broken and, and therefore, you know, there is illness. Therefore, there are natural disasters, you know, and that is right. But there's still so much lacking. There's still so much questioning. And well, then God, why didn't you stop it if you're loving if you want good, if, in, you know, if, if you say you protect us, why still allow this to happen? Why allow a drunk driver to hit and kill somebody? Why allow my loved one to suffer and die from cancer? And individually speaking, most of the time, I think God does not tell us why. He allows these things to happen in our individual lives with our specific situations. He never told me why he allowed this to happen to Christina. He didn't tell me why he didn't intercede and stop it from happening. I think that the emotional the emotional, really deep answer that we're longing for, we will not get. And the fact is that even if God gave us like an answer to our deepest longing for why, would it really answer? And <laughs> would it really answer sufficiently? Would we really be happy with that? No, because we don't want that suffering to begin with. The fact is that God does intercede in everything in our lives. If we allow him to, God does intercede. And sometimes it looks like healing. Sometimes it looks like rescue from a situation. Sometimes it does. There are miraculous things that happen. Like that's fact. But other times, other times it doesn't. Other times he doesn't save our loved ones and other times he doesn't intercede in the way we wanted him to but God still intercedes in different ways and it might look like God working in you and through you through the trial and God doing a miraculous work within you through the suffering God's heart is not to cause suffering for his people but God is allowing it for a time because it was man's choice and he made a path of redemption to restore us even now while we're still in the midst of suffering but fully, fully restoring us very soon and he's given us that hope but he is waiting currently because I think he is just wanting everybody that's possible to come to him, to return to him. And he's giving people time 
And so for me, like I was in a place where I, I mean, I'm in this place a lot, if I'm honest, if I'm having like a big wave of grief hit me, I just, I just cry and there's no words. And I just feel like, God, why won't you just come? Why can't you just come? I'm tired. I'm tired. And I just, I just want things to be right. I I just want things to be made right. I want things to be healed. You know, and I throw that out there and I pray that he would come. But then I look and I see all the incredible things that he's done in my heart through my suffering. And I am very grateful for it, for his, for his working. I mean, he has been so evidently working in me, completely changing who I am completely changing my vision, my understanding, my purpose, my place in the world around me. Like I, I feel like a completely different person since I lost Christina three years ago. But it didn't come in a heartbeat. It didn't come in a snap. And it's still coming right now. You know, it's something that I'm going to be working through for many, many years. And so when I started feeling that burning sense of anger building up in me, I was really genuinely, honestly, I was afraid of it because I really had never felt it before. And I knew that, you know, I didn't want to feel angry at God because theologically, mentally, I understood. I understood what evil was or is and and, and I understood why it was here. And yet, I was, I'm in so much pain, you know, and you're asking these things and you're like, see, mentally, theologically, I get it, but there is a massive gap right now. There's a massive void that will never be filled until, until I'm in heaven with Christina, until he restores everything again. There's a void that will not be feel, filled and that that sense of burning anger that was building up in me, I was afraid of because I thought, well, God, I know it's, I know that it's, you know, not you I should be angry with. And yet I feel like, I feel like you let me down. I feel like I can't trust you. I'm afraid. Can I trust that I will ever have protection if you didn't protect her? You know, and it raised all these fears within me. It raised all these questions and I had to, it it was good that it all came up because I started noticing that like actually there was a lot of things in my past that I maybe hadn't fully addressed and I felt these questions sort of rising up out of my chest out of my mouth that that I had maybe been sitting on a long time and hadn't realized it questions for suffering in my past and questions of just exhaustion why do I have to go through this why do things never change why haven't you answered these prayers from years ago you know and it it compiled into this big pot of pain that just welled up out of me and it was good because I hadn't ever worked through those and they needed to be worked through in order for me to keep growing, in order for me to move on in my faith and move forward and and know God deeper, you know, because just like in any relationship, if you just like sit on things and they're stagnant and you don't work through them, it's going to cause problems and your relationship's not really going to grow because it's, it's going to be like, like not fully genuine because you're like hiding stuff and you're sitting on stuff. And so in order, I knew, all I knew was God. 
I, you know, I want to work through this with you. I need you here because I literally like don't have the answers and I cannot do this alone. And so I asked the same questions. I asked, you know, God, if you were there, why did you allow this to happen? You know, like, can I, I'm, I honestly, today, I still struggle with trusting God. I still struggle with fear from this situation. And it's something like I daily, I was just talking to someone about the other day, like I'm, I'm daily praying through it and like trying to work through it because it's hard. It's really hard. And I think it's like good to work through these. And, and also like, can I emphasize, do not work through them alone. Please, please do not isolate yourself because after that burning feeling like welled up inside of me, I went into this really dark season where I was throwing out all these questions and really bitter and angry and frustrated and depressed and sad and lonely and I was doing it all on my own and I had I didn't have community and that was partially just because I didn't know where to get community um, and partially because I really was just so weak and tired I didn't know where to look for community I was tired of trying to have community and I felt like nobody could really relate to me because genuinely like people a lot of times have great intentions but like honestly I, I experienced a lot of hurt from from Christians trying to help me that ended up hurting me in return like just because they don't know how to handle it you know um, and so I did a lot of it alone and I think you know there was some I mean to a degree you, you need to work through some of it alone really at the, at the at like the end of the day but you need community. God has made us for community. And the fact is that God uses the church as the body of Christ to support you in ways when, when part of the body is hurting, the rest of the body is focused on try how to heal that part of the body. And they're there to support that part of the body. And so when you're broken and hurting, you need to lean on the other parts of the body that can help you. So like staying in community, staying in church and just actively seeking support and help and like being really honest, I think is like what it came down to for me. And I heard this sermon from Christina's pastor, actually, where he was talking about, you know, him and his wife lost their daughter really young from cancer. And he was saying how he, you know, actually during some of her treatment, they were in Israel seeking treatment. And, and like, you know, he was just like, he went out in like the desert one day and was just crying and praying and crying out to God and just saying, you know what, why? Why, God, why have you allowed this to happen to me and our family and our precious daughter? Why are we experiencing this? Why? And he heard nothing. He heard silence. And that's exactly where I was. I was asking these questions and I was honestly hearing like radio silence. And that's a really honestly difficult thing to admit as a Christian, I think, because we don't want to like be like, oh, God's silent, you know, because God does answer and God has answered already through scripture. But when you're throwing out this question, why and God is not answering? I think for me, what I realized, especially through his sermon, which was really useful to me, was like, maybe that's just the wrong question. Because I think most of the time, God does not really answer that question. Like in scripture, he takes, in this sermon, he takes us to... 
Um, I think it's in, well, it might be in a couple of the Gospels, but I think specifically maybe Matthew, where he is talking to the disciples and kind of preparing them for the suffering that they're about to experience once he's crucified. And he is saying, you know, um, like you will suffer and you will have to go through this. And he says, but even a sparrow, a little sparrow, when a sparrow dies, like it doesn't, it doesn't fall to the ground apart from God's knowing and apart from God's being there. And it's this crazy thing, this crazy moment, this crazy conversation with Jesus and the disciples, because they're probably thinking, well, wait a second. Like, why do we have to suffer to begin with? You know, like, why do we have to experience this to begin with? Why can't we just not, you know, thank you. And yet he doesn't ever answer anything about that. But he says that he will be with them in the suffering. He will be with them. And that's something that I've deeply had to meditate on and think through and work through and has brought me great comfort in mass amounts of my life when I have felt very lonely. And especially now that I've lost like my closest friend and person I would lean on for everything, feeling like at the loneliest I've ever felt, knowing that truly like God was with me and saw me. He sees me and he understands in the midst of it. And so being out of community and out of church for a long time, I I finally was just so depressed and so alone that that's when it's like a, it's like the sheep that's gone astray. It's so much easier for the wolf to attack it because it's not protected. It's not surrounded by the rest of the pack. It's not protected, you know, quite as well in that sense. And so it's so much easier for the enemy to sneak in lies into our minds um, when we're completely alone. And so I, I, um, found a good church near me that was a little closer than the one I had been going to. And I started getting involved there. I started going and I felt fresh life flooding back into me for the first time in a while. And I felt sort of like a release, um, on the shoulders of the church, you know, that I, that I could on the shoulders of other people have my burden carried and it wasn't alone anymore. And, um, I had people helping me work through these things and people just comforting me knowing that like they had gone through things and that, yeah, they didn't really, you know, like it just is what it is. And they didn't always have the answers they wanted, but here's all the ways that God showed up in the midst of it, you know? And so I think like I came to a place for me personally, where I threw all these questions out. I did research. I was like in the Bible, I was like reading theology books and like apologetics books. Like, and you know, that was hard because I was like, okay, mentally I get this, but it's not answering like the root of my, of my feelings. And then coming to the point where it just like, you have to just accept. I think that's the bottom line is like, you have to, you'll, you will eventually get to a place where like, you realize that's, that's the only way to move forward is accepting that God is God and I am not. And that he is in control and you see him so clearly working things out for his glory and for our benefit even though we don't understand even though it looks like an absolute mess we see him interceding in amazing ways throughout it and like we just can't fully understand everything you know because we are not God and I think that's kind of the place that I ended up getting to with all of my questions and and I mean sometimes I still they they still crop up and I still work through them and then I think you know all right God like then you have to just get to that place of surrender. So if you're able to work through these things and like actively pursue them, I think for a while I was throwing out questions and like just sitting in my bitterness and sitting in my anger, but like genuinely, like not genuinely seeking 
God's word. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't in the word in the beginning. Like I was like allowing myself to like sit in this place of just being like bitter and I wasn't genuinely searching. And so like, I would challenge you, like if you're, if you're feeling like, Oh, well, God doesn't answer me. Like, have you actually searched in scripture? And like, have you actually like reached out to, you know, leaders in the church and people in the church that can help you work through these things? Have you actually like looked into resources on like, you know, understanding like God's heart and God, like, like, have you actually worked through it? Like, I just want to challenge you because I've talked to a lot of people that struggle with the same things and like that have struggled being in that same place where they're not actually actively working through that. And also, if I can just close with like assuring you that when you are actively searching and actively praying, like God has so much compassion on you and God loves you so much. Like he is right there with you and he will answer you and he will share with you and he will speak to you it just might not always be what you want or what you're looking for so please like be aware that like the answer could not be what you want or what you expect so be open to hearing otherwise um and i think like aaron i think that's really where i've been (laughs) i'm sorry that was so long but i i think that's kind of like my process it was messy was all over the place you know but I I really got to the place where I just had to kind of fully surrender and allow him to work through me even though it was not what I expected thank you so much for sharing that Sarah this has been part one of our series on grief and loss on the good line podcast thank you so much for listening the good line podcast is a production of CGN Calvary Global Network show is produced by myself and Brian Higgins For more great Jesus-centered content, please visit our website, www.goodlion.io, where you can find shows from all over the Good Lion Podcast Network. This is part one of the series, so stay tuned for the next episode where Sarah will be back to talk about this issue some more. Thank you so much for listening to this special episode. We love making these podcasts for you, and we hope, our deepest hope is that they've been encouraging to you and that they've caused you to have a deeper walk with Jesus.